Christmas, everyone. We are so excited to worship with you for the next hour. So let's stand up and sing Hark the Herald Angels Sing Together.
Hey feel, hey, feel free to grab a seat real quick, guys. And as you do, I want you to think about this idea that Christmas time is an incredibly powerful time of year. That whenever we get to the Christmas season, it is chock full of feelings and emotions that seem to pop up in us all the time. And I would go so far as to say that I think everybody, every Christmas season, in some capacity, experiences a couple of things. I think the first thing that most of us would say we experience really is this idea of a Christmas spirit, that if you're like me, when you get around Christmas lights or you drive through neighborhoods and you see these twinkling lights everywhere, there's something that begins to well up inside of you. And maybe for other people, it's when you bake cookies or get around family or watch way too many Hallmark movies or like whatever it may be. Oh, there you are. Okay, good to see you're here tonight, right? But there's this idea of a Christmas spirit that just wells up inside of us and it begins to take us, man, just to like a mountaintop. But I think at Christmas time, we have this Christmas spirit. But on the other flip side of things, I think Christmas also has this ability to be a reminder of maybe, maybe hardship or pain in our life. Maybe it was a time period that we just felt like we were stuck in a hole. Or maybe for you, Christmas is a reminder that you right now are in some kind of hole, whether it would be uh, the loss of a loved one or, or financial trouble that you could be in or a painful memory or the reality is maybe you're just in a place where you didn't want to ever be and you're not sure how to get out of that. Christmas has the power to bring elevated joy into our life, but it also has the power to leave us with this feeling of being stuck inside of a hole. In fact, what if I were to tell you that the Bible is filled with holes? Right, right now you're thinking, what church did I walk into that he's telling me the Bible is filled of holes? Right? But hang with me for a second. The Bible is filled full of holes. In fact, if we were to read through the Bible, we would see time and time again of somebody who winds up in a position or in a place that they absolutely did not intend to or want to be in. And maybe if you read through there, you see stories of people who have placed themselves into a hole based on something they did. We see stories of King David who is in a hole of despair as he is losing his child because of an affair that he had. Or we think of Moses, who was in a hole where he had to flee from a life as royalty because he killed a man. Or there's these instances where people are in holes not because of something they did, but because of something that happened to them. Something that happened to them. We think of the prophet Daniel, who was literally thrown into a pit of lions because of his prayer life and his belief in his prayer. Or Job, whose entire world was flipped upside down in an instant because he was to be tested. There's also instances of the Bible where people are stuck in holes simply because we live in a world that is broken. That time and time again, if we read through the Bible, we see people who are sick or who are living with a disability they were born with or who have some sort of injury that happens to them for what seems like absolutely no reason whatsoever. In fact, if we go to the beginning of the Bible, we can see that God established a chosen people, a brand new nation, all of Abraham's descendants, and that these were to be God's people. And yet time and time again, we find that they are stuck in a hole. That soon after God says, you are my chosen people, immediately they're enslaved for hundreds of years in Egypt. And that when they escape that slavery and go into a brand new land, they then have to fight nation after nation and Philistines like crazy all of the time. And then eventually this nation gets enslaved by losing to Assyria and Babylon. And then they're ruled over by the Persians and the Greeks and the Romans. And every single time the nation of Israel, God's chosen people, 
falls into a hole, God shows up and seems to throw down a rope to them. Tosses something their way to help them get out of this rope. But the problem is this rope never seems to last. That when God shows up and he, he sends a redeemer, he sends somebody, a warrior, to bring them out. Or he performs a miracle to bring them out of this hole. And they, and they pull themselves up again and again. It's almost like immediately afterwards, they just climb into a brand new hole. That the entire Old Testament is full of this chosen people that at one moment loves God with all their might and at the very next moment rejects God and then they're crying out, God, send us another rope. Help us again. And again and again, this happens. And the problem is that no matter how many times God sent a rope, no matter how many times they pulled themselves up, they would consistently find themselves in a new hole or crawling back into an old one. And we can understand that in our lives too, right? Like we get this idea of, of falling into a hole or crawling back into old holes. In fact, the Bible says this in Romans 5, uh, verse 12. It says, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sin. See, the truth is we have a sin issue that puts us in all sorts of holes in our lives. And maybe our sin issue is something that we've done that has placed us inside this hole. We've damaged our marriage because of some choice that we've made. Or we're in financial hardship because we made some poor financial decisions before. Or maybe it's somebody else's choices that put us inside of this hole. We just simply came home from work to find out that our wife or our husband no longer wanted to be with us anymore. Or maybe we were treated in such a way by a parent that, man, we are in a hole of all sorts of of shame and insecurity now as adults. Or maybe the issue simply comes from the fact that we live in an incredibly broken world. An accident happened that took something from us that we just can't explain. Or we went for a routine checkup and got news from the doctor that just changed our world. No matter what the reason for being in our hole, the truth of the matter is there is no rope that can pull us out. That time and time again, we may try self-help methods. We may try just trying harder or, or more money or more effort at something or a new relationship or anything else. And every single time, it doesn't last. We find a new hole or fall back into the, to old ones just like the nation of Israel did time and time again. And we use whatever rope to get us out of this hole, but it never, ever lasts because the truth is, there is not a single rope that is going to keep us out of our holes. It's not pulling ourselves out. In fact, it's nothing that we can do on our own. Romans 5.15 put it this way. It says, but the gift, in other words, the solution, is not like the trespass. It's not anything that we've tried before. For if the many die by the trespasses of the one man, in other words, if we're all stuck in holes because of this issue of sin, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflowed to the many. See, the solution for the holes starts with Christmas. The ropes don't work and they're not going to last. We need somebody to rescue us. The solution is Emmanuel. It is God climbing down into the hole with you and me. And all of that started at Christmas.
point, as you take your seats, I want us to consider a reality. See, there's an inherent problem with, with the rope or the lifeline. It requires that the person stuck in a hole have the ability, the, the strength, the health to actually use the rope. They have to be strong enough to be able to climb out of the hole. Frankly, that's the problem. We're just not strong enough. Nobody is. It's not you or just me. Nobody's strong enough. We're, we're all broken, weak, discouraged, ill, injured, and wounded, and we simply can't do it. We couldn't use the rope. We needed a rescuer. We needed someone to get into the hole with us and literally dig us out. We, we needed a digger-outer. So enter Jesus. On a normal night, a lot like tonight, over 2,000 years ago, God sent us a rescuer, a digger-outer. The first century Christ follower, Paul, he says this about Jesus, our rescuer. He says, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that in the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In reality, that is what we celebrate this time of year. Not just that a baby was born, not not just that God sent his son, but that God sent his son, Jesus, for me. For me, in the bottom of my hole. For me, in the bottom of my hole, to dig me out. Whether I dug my own hole or had one dug for me, Jesus came to dig me out. Jesus, Emmanuel, literally God with us. Joy! 
you won't climb up coming after me There's no wall you won't kick down Lie you won't tear down coming after me There's no shadow you won't light up Mountain you won't climb up coming after me
Christ always moved for good For the Lamb had conquered death And the dead rose from their tombs And the angels stood in awe For the souls of all who come To the Father are restored And the church of Christ was born And the Spirit given an incredible gift, what are you supposed to do? Do you just simply say thank you and then set the gift aside and never pay any attention to it again? On the night that Jesus was born, the sky split open with angels singing to shepherds on a hillside in Judea. They came to tell of the birth of the Messiah, the Christ child. And the shepherds had to decide what to do. They had to respond in some way. They had to do something with that gift. One first century historian describes it this way. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. The shepherds had to respond to the gift somehow. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Imagine going home tonight to your Christmas tree and finding that present, seeing that present and thinking, is this the present I've been hoping for? Is this the present that I've been longing for? Is this the present that 
that Christmas is all about for me. And you, t- you go home and you take it out and you start to unwrap it. And when you look on the cover, all of a sudden you see an image that reminds you of what's inside. It's the game you've always wanted, right? Operation! You can press the nose and it buzzes. And you think, I can't wait to play this game. And you set the game off to the side and never do anything with it. Maybe maybe you're a little bit older. And you go home. And you look under the tree, and there's this box. And you open it up, and you think, oh, man, this is what I've been waiting for. And you see this ring or necklace or a pair of earrings, and you think, this is an incredible expression of love. It's so beautiful. And you close the box and set it down. And don't do anything else with it. You set it aside and never wear that jewelry. You put the box to the side and never open it and play it. You take that toy out and set it on the shelf and it's never enjoyed. Can you imagine being deep in a hole, rarely seeing the sun, stuck in your own emptiness and loneliness, and a digger outer appears with you in that hole, with the means to rescue you and take you out of that hole. How do you respond? What's your response? It's got to be with wonder and awe and amazement and love. The writer Luke described the response of the shepherds this way. When they had seen him, when they had seen the Christ child, they spread the word, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. A little bit different than the shepherds, when the magi, the wise men, learned about the birth of the Messiah, the Christ child, they thought, we've got to respond too. We've got to bring presents to this newborn king, this baby born in such majesty. So they rounded up the most precious things that they could think of, the most precious items they had to give as gifts to the Christ child. Matthew describes it this way. The the wise men, or magi, went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh were some of the most treasured things available at that time in history. If they were alive today, maybe they would have brought gold, diamonds, and bitcoins. Right? What's what's Christmas all about? It's about recognizing the gift God has given us in Jesus and responding to that gift. How do we respond? Like the shepherds, I think we respond with awe and wonder. I encourage you, take some time tonight. Take some time tomorrow morning to really consider how much God loves you. That the God of the universe would allow his son to come to earth to dig you out 
on the holes of sin, the holes of your circumstances. Contemplate that thought. Marvel at that truth. And then, like the wise men, respond to him with the most precious present you could give. Not the normal things that that we think of, of as Christmas presents, but the most precious thing that you have. Give him yourself. You're much more valuable to God, much more valuable to Jesus than gold, frankincense, myrrh, than diamonds, than bitcoins. Your worship, your heart, your life are the presents that Jesus would love this Christmas. This Christmas, may you become the present and God the one who receives that gift that's given. That will make this your best Christmas ever. Jesus was born into a dark world, but he brought light into that darkness that changed everything. He came into the hole and dug us out. As a result, the world can be. It is a different kind of a place. We want to experience a bit of that wonder tonight. At the end of each row of pews, there's a sack underneath you on the left side of those rows. Would you take that out right now? Take out a candle and pass the bag down to your right. Each person, feel free to take a candle. Parents, feel free to allow your child to take a candle under your supervision. Or if you'd like to make a special kind of memory and hold it with your child, that would be great as well. Once the sacks are down to the right ends of the pews, you can simply just put them down on the floor under your seat. That'll be great. In just a moment, in just a moment, the lights are going to come down and we're going to stand together and sing Silent Night. At the left end, over here on the left side of the auditorium, Ushers are going to just light light one candle for the rose, and the light is going to move its way across the auditorium to the right-hand side. In a very short time, we'll we'll experience what it was like for light to come into a dark world, for the digger outer to come and to free us from the holes, for the walls to be destroyed, to be dug out of a world of sin and holes. How, here's the question, how do we respond? How do we respond to the birth of Jesus? With awe and with giving ourselves back to God. Let's stand together. Let's sing right now.
tender and mild Sleep in heavenly peace Sleep in heavenly peace of this moment, the beauty of the voices that you've given us and the light from the candles that you put into a dark world, we say thank you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for sending him to dig us out of our holes, to redeem us. Father, we thank you. Thank you for this time of year where we're so aware of your love. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen.